Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Okay, I'm recording. Hey, everybody, welcome to Jen Lowry Writes. Today, I am so excited to introduce you guys to the author of The Legend of the Storm Sneezer and The Legend of the Rainbow Eater, Christiana Spurlia. Hey, Christiana. Hi, everyone. So happy <sighs> to be here. So, Christiana knows what it means to get the character. She's worked at a haunted house attraction. She's played a jumping werewolf statue, a goblin in a two-way mirror, and a wall scratcher. So if she's standing very still or growling or checking her reflection or filing her nails on your wall, be alarmed. Those are hard habits to break. So who knows what's going to happen during the podcast today. <laughs> Christiana is the author of the quirky, spooky, hope-filled fantasy novel series. It is called The Stormwatcher's Diaries. Guys, check them out. She was a finalist of the International Wishing Shelf Book Awards, a two-time finalist of the Realm Award. She's got us a gold medal. We're going to be talking about that gold stamp. Her short stories featuring clueless zombies, undercover werewolves, grumpy ghosts, and marriage counselors for fairy tale couples have been included in numerous anthologies. Inspired by bookmobiles around the world, Christiana dreams of the day she can run her own mobile bookstore or haunted house attraction or both. Look out, world, here comes a haunted bookmobile. And this is precisely why riders should never become Uber drivers. She loves Jesus, her family, and imaginary life with her characters. And I love your quirky self already with your cool <laughs> cloud hat. For those of you who are listening on the podcast and not on YouTube right now, you need to go check us out over there as well. So tell me, Christiana, what have you been up to in your busy life with the fall season hitting and haunted house attractions coming up? It was, I actually, today, I just got back from um, spending a day with my sister and her three kiddos who are all at, right now, they're three and below. So a three-year-old and two twins, two-year-olds. So that was very busy, but we had a lot of fun. We went apple picking. We played a lot on the, you know, all of those swing sets and slides and all of that with the kids. And we saw a bunch of farm animals. So it's always fun to get to do fall stuff with the, with kids and get to see things through their eyes again. I love it so much. So is fall your favorite season? I have something I love about every season, but fall is the time of spookiness. So it has a special place in my heart because I love to write my spooky stories. So yes, yes fall is, is definitely one of my favorite seasons. It has yes. a lot going for it. Love it. Love it. So tell me where the ideas out of all of these experiences that you've had with horror and all the jump scares, 
tell me where all of this comes to to find itself in middle grades fiction well that is a very very good question i would I want to jump to book two because I know all of the influences that came, but uh, for that one in particular, but I will start with book one. Um, Legend of the Storm Sneezer is a very much a ghost story at its, at its heart. And I got a lot of inspiration for ghost stories from my favorite um, ghost detective series called Lockwood and Co by Jonathan <gasps> Stroud. Like I, those are just beautiful. There's actually a character in my book, uh, who's just briefly mentioned in book one, but his name is Warden Carlisle. And I did that as a nod to one of the characters in Lockwood and Co that I love very, very much. Um, so I've always just wanted to write a really good ghost story and something that's unusual. One of my favorite things um, about that series in particular is just the way that he would make such tense scenes and then break them apart with humor. And I just loved that. I just, I had to write a story like that. I had to do it. So that's where a lot of inspiration for the spooky aspect of book one came from. Book two is called Legend of the Rainbow Eater. And its main antagonists are the Scare Bears. And the Scare Bears are these um, automaton teddy bears, giant teddy bears um, that, bring to mind for a modern audience um animatronics and especially uh Chuck E. Cheese's animatronics for anyone who remembers those yes and scary also, as they were yes <laughs> and also the franchise Five Nights at Freddy's which is one of my absolute favorites I have a huge fear of animatronics and I am the type of person that loves to be scared by her own fears so I had to write a story that featured uh, a kind of a medieval version of animatronics something super that's always freaked me out and readers seem to respond really well to having their childhood fears uh reflected in this particular story so those are where a lot of my ideas came from and inspiration and so guys when you look at the dedication and it says for all of uh I'm just paraphrasing this but for all of you who still sleep with your teddy bears I'm sorry <laughs> was, from the bottom of like, my heart I am <laughs> like when I read that I'm sorry I did not call let me see to anyone who still sleeps with teddy bears um sorry about this <laughs> like we're gonna rock your world in this one we're gonna change your oh, yeah. perspective a little bit so I love it love it love how like just your quirky the sense of humor is there it is there um when I read the part even at the beginning where you're trying to introduce like how the book is set up for book one for readers and it, you know like the part about you might not even be wearing socks right now and then uh, that's kind of like <laughs> you could be one of those people who wears shoes without socks it was hilarious just everything like I really truly love your writing style oh, thank you so much I appreciate that so prior to the Stormwatch Diaries you were working with anthology work or did you have other novels under your belt like is this your first novel attempt? This is my first novel and you'll get a lot of different um, views on this. And I think all are worth thinking about for your own writing journey. But I am one of those people, some people say, write as many books as you can until you find the one that works. I rewrote my book until it was the one that works because I just couldn't let it go. I loved it too much. I loved the characters too much, the world too much, the humor too much. So um I worked on it for nine years before it was from beginning ideas to holding it in my hand. That was a nine year journey. Um, and throughout that, it was a lot of rewriting. Um, so it is my first novel. And actually, let's see, 
No, it's not my first publication. I did. I wasn't an anthology before I was in um, in uh, an official novel. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing experience, and I I love doing both. I love being able to pull my full you know fully fledged novels off the shelves and showing them to people, and then getting to show like a, a very decent size a stack of uh, um, anthologies that I've been part of too. So that's been really exciting. So you were working on that as you were like shaping up the novel. Absolutely. Did you have book one and two already designed and written when you started to shop around for publishers or did you only have book one and the ideas of two? How did that work for you with the series? That's a good, good question. So I wrote all of book one and then I wrote half of book two and then I stopped and I went back and I completely rewrote book one. And then book two didn't make sense anymore, even though I took a lot of the same concepts. Um, So once I had rewritten book one, got an agent and was on query, I was on query for 17 months. So that was a lot of time. And I I finished book two during that time. Um, It still obviously went through a lot of revisions with my editor and stuff and a lot of good feedback from my critique partners. But yes, I did have both of those finished by the time, you know, as finished as they could be by the time book one was done. So this has been a very interesting change of events because that's that's kind of encompassed the past, you know, probably six or seven years of my life has been book one and book two. Now I'm working on book three and I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't been writing and rewriting this for the past four or five years. Like, what is this like? What is this? You know, I'm starting something new for the, for the first time in a very long time. And it's, it's definitely a different experience, but I'm enjoying it. I can tell you have so much like you're proud. You're like a proud book mama. <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> and I know that, you know, holding them in your hand, they're beautiful books too. The illustrations, the art, just the, oh, thank you. just the whole products. They're, they're just beautiful work. Like what was it like when you first saw book one come to you in the mail? Oh man. I was, I remember I, my, my editor was like, all right, they're shipped. They're good. And I was like, every day I was running outside and I was like, every time I heard a car pass by, I was out there and I was looking for it. And finally I texted her and I was like, can you just give me a ballpark as to when this is supposed to arrive so I can stop driving myself insane. (laughs) So I was very eager to see my books for the first time. And there's really nothing quite like holding. They were my hardcovers that came in first. Just picking those up, they were just gorgeous, and I couldn't believe they were mine. I couldn't believe it was actually happening, and it was it was an amazing feeling. Yeah, I bet, I bet. So now that you've got the books out and you have such glowing reviews, thank you for the books, and now you've got awards as well. Talk to me a little bit how all that came to be. So this was right after I, you know, COVID stopped my first book launch party. Um, so I, I had to cancel that. So what we ended up doing is doing a double book launch party for books one and two. Um, and we just had this great big party at my church and it was amazing. There were probably a hundred people that came. It was fantastic. So I was on this crazy high of, wow, I just had the best book launch party. I think of any person on the planet. I love this. I, I life couldn't get better than this right now. And maybe two days after that, I, I get, I receive the news that I won gold in the children's mystery category of the reader's favorite book awards. And I had kind of completely forgotten that I had even submitted my book to, to this awards, but it's a wonderful awards place. It's, um, 
it's been around for about 15 years and the people as, as big as Jim Carrey have won the award. So it's just, it's, it's, it's really amazing to, um, to have gotten a gold medal and just, just knowing that someone out there saw in my book, what I really always wanted someone to see in it was just so special and so honoring. Um, I'm still pinching myself that, that my first book has a gold medal and I can officially call this a, an award-winning series. So, and you've got glowing reviews too. Don't forget about all of the positive (laughs) reviews that you have on Amazon, just all stacked there and lovely. And I heard you say earlier about Comic-Con and that hat of yours. Talk to me about that style, that hat and all of that with you going out to Comic-Cons as as much as you can in this time of uh, crisis that we have in our world. But Mm -hmm. um, talk about how you've been moving. So it's been kind of rough, obviously, trying to find places that are open and places where people are, you know, kind of in that sort of category that would enjoy my book. I mean, I, I'd love to believe that everybody could enjoy my book, but <laughs> I also know that there are certain people who are going to enjoy it, especially. Um, so Comic-Cons are a big one. And when I found out that there, the Comic-Cons that I've been to, I've just been to one actually. And then my second one is coming up in about two weeks. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but yeah, um, they're smaller. And I actually think that's even more special being at, in smaller spaces, just because mm-hmm. you can be more personal with people. You don't have like, you know, thousands of people coming by you a day. You can actually stop and make conversation with each each person that you're, you know, potentially pitching your book to and stuff and just getting to know them. Um, this, this hat, if for the people on YouTube who can see it, basically it's a fedora covered in um, stuffing spray painted gray and strung up with fairy lights. And it's my best friend. I love it very much. The, the main character in my book series, Rose, um, she has a magical storm cloud that follows her around. So this is, this is my tribute to stormy, her storm cloud. And it's a great conversation starter because people of course want to know why are you wearing a storm cloud on your hat? And it's just a great segue into, well, let me tell you about my main character, Rose. And I just love it. And people seem to get a real, a real smile out of it. I did a, um, a just a book signing at one of my local local stores who was doing like a in-town event so lots of people were there um just setting up tents and things like that and after the book signing was over I just decided to go walking around with my brother who was with me and people were giving me the weirdest looks and they kept pointing and smiling and I was like what what do you do I had completely forgot I was wearing my storm cloud hat (laughs) I knew that was coming I know did you just continue to wear it Yes, I sure yeah. did. Yeah, own it. Own it, Christiana. It's, it's a part. It's a part of you because these characters are a part of you. Absolutely. And so talk about just seeing them out there, you know, blowing out in the wind. Like, how does that feel knowing that it's circulating and it, it's growing? I think I still am like shocked when I get a a note from someone like I have a reader reach out to me and is like your books were just I love them and they tell me what they appreciated about them and it just it I think you get so you get so stuck in your little writing world of pages blank pages fingers keyboard have to write and you forget that someone out there is actually going to be reading these words one day and one day they are going to be connecting with them and learning from them and appreciating them and, and hugging so, them and, and hugging, hugging them, them. And, just, and passing them back around to their friends. Like I love 
And I love when readers even just let me know. I know some readers are like, you know, we don't want to bother authors. It's never bothering an author to let them know what you did with the book, how much you enjoyed it, what you appreciated about it, what you didn't like about it. All of that is just, it's, it's, a, it's a really special bond between author and reader. So right. just knowing that that's happening. And I think the most amazing thing is when I see people post about my book and I'm like, I have no connection to you. Like you're not like, you know, sometimes my friends post about it. And you I'm didn't like, hey, pay, guys, you didn't pay them. You didn't pay them. Right, right. <laughs> I know someone who I know I have no connection to, but they just found my book in some way, shape or form. And they're saying good things about it. It's just a reminder to me that yes, these books are, are good. And, you know, it's just, the, it's, it's an encouragement and a, uh, a boot. Yeah. A boost of encouragement for, for me as a writer. And so talk about the blank page. Let's talk about your in book three. What is your process like? I know you talked about the nine year journey yes. of the rights and the rewrites, but you said this one's a different experience. Have you built yourself some writing routines? I'd love to hear what they are. I have. I have built some writing routines. Those writing routines, I went on a family vacation and I did my big book launch, which took a lot of like time to kind of prepare for. So I kind of got off track for a little bit there, but I'm back on track now. And what I have found to be the most helpful is doing it like, you know, for me personally, I get up and then I, I do my devotions in the morning. And then right after that, I get to writing, like, don't let anything else start. You know, once that, that for me is personally the most important part of my day, what's the next most important thing. And it has to be writing because that's when you're freshest. That's when you're most inspired. Um, so I will write in the morning and then later throughout the day, if I'm still feeling creative, if I feel like I've got some juice left, I'll do half hour sprints, writing sprints, we would call them, um, where I'll just sit down and maybe not make a two hour commitment like I do in the mornings, but just, you know, I, I have an idea. Let me, let me write this down for a half hour. And sometimes I'll go over, maybe I will go into an hour or more. Um, but the point is, it's just, it's that, that discipline to sit yourself down and be able to be brave enough to stare down a blank page. And one of the things that's really rough about my writing style is that it's not consistent all the way through. So if I just take an hour to write, I'm not writing a couple words every couple minutes. I am staring at a blank page for 20 minutes and all of a sudden the, the words come and I'll write it paragraph after paragraph after paragraph, but I have to be able to sit there for the 20 minutes and just think and wrestle with the page and be okay with that. And I think that's, that's what I'm really both struggling with. And I think working through with book three is just I'm starting from scratch here before I used to have so much, you know, so many years of working on these books that I knew where the story was going. I knew basically everything that was supposed to happen. And now I'm like, no, this is real time. Now we're, we're, we're working under a deadline and it, it really, it's bringing out a side of me that I didn't know existed, which is encouraging because I feel like I'm kind of rising to the occasion a bit, even though if you ask me most days, I'm like, why do I want to be a writer? <laughs> But it's also faith building. Absolutely. Because you're putting sure. trust in the Lord in those mm -hmm. spaces, those times that you're wrestling yep. with that blank page, then you have to let go of that control. Absolutely. It's so, so. true. And I always, I always pray before I, I start my writing. Um, for me, that that really helps my creativity. Or when I when the creativity doesn't come after that, then I'm like, okay, God, is there something else you want me doing with my day? And I have to keep it open like that, you know. Um, so I, that's always, a, I found to be a very helpful routine too. 
So okay, got us a Bible verse. With God, all things are possible. Oh yes, Matthew nineteen twenty six. So even in the midst of those moments, it's all possible. Absolutely, all possible with one. the Lord. Yes, love it. So now let's talk more about some of these extracurricular things. So, is this a full time job for you working at the haunted house? Oh my gosh, if I could do it again, I would in a heartbeat. It was, I did it um, for two seasons and it was, it's what got me started on loving, maybe not started on loving spooky stuff, but started me on the path of, I want to spook people. This is fun and people are enjoying this. So to kind of take that energy that I got out of, you know, being that jumping werewolf statue or the wall scratcher or any of the other little jobs that I had there. Um, it really got me inspired to want to do that in book form. I'm like, is it possible to do jump scares and stuff in writing? Like that just was such a fun challenge to me. So yes, being all of those different characters and just kind of getting to act, that was a lot of fun. Like I didn't expect it to be quite so much fun just getting to pretend to be something else, but then I should know that because yeah. I write a bunch of different characters. So. And you're, and it's pretty much just an extension of us pretending right. to be something else. <laughs> as we're writing and crafting worlds and backstory and character dynamics like you you know when you're thinking about the experiences that you've had in the past and how they shape you as an individual and then how does it come out in your stories like what do you see as like major highlights for you in my story so what I usually do before I start a book is I will try to figure out what's the I don't want to say moral of the story but basically what's going on in my life that I want to work through through these books and kind of hopefully give a hopeful message about whatever struggle that is um so you'll see that a lot with like book one, one of the main themes in book one is sacrificial love and what motivates that. And um, so a lot of the times in my books, I, when I read them again, I will look at it and be like, I can kind of see both my spiritual journey, my emotional journey. Like I just see all of the stuff that was going on in my life and how I was working it out. And somehow by the end of the book, every time there's, there's some sort of happy resolution. And that gives me a lot of, a lot of hope and encouragement. <laughs> all things are possible. <laughs> yes. 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 So, so you see parts of you in these books. Mm -hmm. yeah. For sure. For yeah. sure. So I'm excited about book three. So you said you're on a deadline. Yes. Oh, that's so lovely. And I love the joy on your face with that, because yeah. then that means you're actually having that book three. Congratulations. Right. right? Thank, you. Thank you so much. So what are you looking forward to most about the upcoming book and the series making its like third charm out there? What are you looking forward to the most? I think what's kind of fun is, and I was just talking to one of my writing friends about this this these this book is middle like these books are middle grade but they age up like they did with harry potter so in the third book rose is officially 15 and she's kind of transitioning from more of a and i i always say these books have a middle grade heart because they do um but it is kind of transitioning into more of a young adult um sphere which is just really new for me and kind of I'm, I'm excited to take my own spin on that because I'm not going to be following a lot of the tropes. I'm not going to be following a lot of the rules for a young adult because personally, I don't 
love young adult. Like I don't relate to it. And, um, I always tell this story, but when I was in middle school, I read exclusively young adult. And then when I reached high school, I started reading middle grade and I was like, I can't stop now. So, you know, obviously I'm well out of high school now, but um, I just kept going at it. So, you know, I, I always say that at this point I should be reading picture books, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, can, you can sneak some in there. You can right, sneak some. Right. So they have some um, creepy, uh, go check out the, oh gosh, the creepy underpants. You will love it. You would <laughs> laugh so much. It's glowing, creepy underpants. I think okay. that's the name of the book. That is something like, I got to see. Yes. If you can just see this book, like that's the first thing I thought of. Um, creepy pair of underwear. Creepy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to read some children's books with some oh, spook man. in it and some hilarious comedy, that uh, is fantastic. Yeah. I am definitely checking that out. Go check. <laughs> Go check that out. I actually read this to my high school students. That so. is epic. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. Have to read that one. You have to read that one as a picture book at least. Of course. Go for that. <laughs> I mean, hey, I have I have little nieces that are a little niece and two nephews. So I, yeah, but I whenever yeah. I have a book that I really want to read. I'll I read it with them. Oh, that one would so, be yes, fun that, that's what I'm looking light. forward to yeah. most in book three. And just oh. right, right. And just the the slightly more mature content. And I don't mean that in like mature content, right. but like just watching them develop emotionally and and just seeing the kind of different um questions they're wrestling with as they get, you know, my characters get older. That's kind of a challenge to me and also something that I think is really relatable. So I like that a lot. And it's really needed. Yes, absolutely. For sure. Because a lot of times young adults that, you know, they're wrestling with this and they don't have the positive outlets to be able to mm -hmm. have those questions, even not even answered for them, but just even just discussed right. and followed right. through with to see alternatives. So that's much needed. I will say, um, <laughs> Well, thank you. Cause that's, that's the encouragement I need to keep going at it. Yes. Much needed in today's world. Trust me. Trust me. So I've loved spending time with you today. I've went on and I followed you on Instagram. I've watched, <laughs> yeah. I watched your book trailers. Loved Aww. who did those book trailers. Did you take care of I, that work? I sure did. I sure did. Absolutely. Love the book trailers. Thank Were you, you reading that? Did you do the reading voiceover for the book, yes, Tyler? Yeah, I did. I made it. I did the voiceover. Yep. I did all of that. Yeah. Very nice. So Thank tips you. for tips for authors that are out there going, how can I get my book in front of readers? How can yeah. I connect with readers? What's a good tip for them? Well, you're going to hear a lot of different advice. Um, but one of the things that I would say is just don't try to spread yourself too thin. Like you can say, I want to have, you know, 5,000 followers on Twitter and you do all those follow of, you know, like writer's lists and stuff. And, and, and I did that. And just, just, just to give a short example, um, I ended up closing my Twitter account, um, just for some, just both personal reasons and just some, you know, the algorithms hated me. I did something, I unfollowed people a little bit and it just, it, it all went downhill. I was getting zero engagement and it was just, I, it was time. So I closed it out and I ended up opening, a, I kind of regretted my decision a little bit because I do love Twitter. I just <laughs> followed you. I followed you. You've got to do follow up oh, today. Yay, thank you. <laughs> 
But when I came back on, I was like, all right, I'm going to need a new set of rules. I can't do what I did before. So I didn't do any writer's lifts. I didn't do any of those things. And I just kept with the people that I was connected to that I had made a personal connection with. And I will tell you, I have gotten more engagement from my 70 followers on Twitter than I did from my 1,030 that I had from my previous account. So what can we take away from that? Basically, what I would say is be personal. Don't try to spread yourself too thin, but when a reader reaches out to you, you know, connect with them. Uh, if you're if you're on Instagram and you, you follow people, just comment on things. Just try to build personal connections and don't try to spread yourself so thin that you're reaching tons of people. Because when it really comes down to it, those people don't care about you the way that your book needs to be cared about. But when you're actually, and I'm not saying you do this so people will buy your book. I'm saying that part Those of being human is to build relationships. So my recommendation, if you're trying to reach more readers, focus on the ones you've got and focus on being personal with them. And you'll be amazed at how quickly your book starts to spread from there. I love that advice so much. And your website has resources. Yes, it does. It sure does. Talk about your middle grades resources that you have for teachers and homeschool moms. Let's go ahead and share all of that and how that came to be. Thank you. Um, So basically I was homeschooled. um, So we're a homeschool family. Yes. Fantastic. I love it. I would, I would homeschool in a heartbeat. I loved it. Loved growing up homeschool. So I was talking to my mom who was in charge of a lot of our curriculum. Like she, she, was very into our curriculum. She didn't write our curriculum, but she, she knew what a homeschool curriculum looked like. And I was like, mom, can you help me make this for my book? And she's like, yeah, let me give you some pointers. So I just want, you know, whether it's being used right now, I know one day it will be used and whether that's in a youth group setting, a public school setting, a homeschool setting, um, I just wanted it to be available. And it basically, it took the best out of my homeschool experience and put it into a little packet. So there's vocab words, there's snack ideas, there's um, just fun art ideas, like ideas for theater and ideas for crafts and just all of that sort of stuff that I love most about homeschooling. I just made it into a little packet for anybody who might be interested in reading my book and really engaging with it with their kids. Love it. So guys, I'm going to drop all the links below. So that way you can just click, 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 follow, get your resources. I'm going to click where you can get your copies of Legend of the Rainbow Either. This is book two, Legend of the Storm Sneezer, because you need this in your collection. Read it along with your kids. You will die laughing and snuggle up tight and close as reading. So I really appreciate the time that you have spent with me, Christiana, today. Um, last words of wisdom as we close out. Ah, uh, let's see. Last words of wisdom. If you find characters and a world and a story that just won't leave you alone. And people are telling you, no, no, you have to keep writing. You have to try different ideas, but you just really love this world and characters you've made. It's going to be a lot of work, but stick with them, stick with them, keep rewriting, keep working at it because one day all of that love and that, that, yeah, basically that love Love. that you have, that loyalty that you have is going to become a book that people are going to enjoy. 
Love it. Love it so much. And love you. I can't wait to have you back on the show again to give I would updates. Love to. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. And so when you're at Comic-Con, I'm going to get to see some pictures coming up. I'm sure of you're going course. to have your booth and, and everything up on Instagram. So I can't Absolutely. wait to see everything that's headed your way. And I just wish you much success on this series and whatever you just tackle in this life. So thanks so much for being here. Bye guys. Y'all check out the video and the podcast and the links are below. So I'll see y'all later. Bye, Bye. Christiana. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.